Hello everyone, how are you? This is Emilio Garcia, your host at the Mangen Studio. I'm really happy to have again the opportunity to have a conversation with you. And as I hope becomes more and more common, uh, Gabby is joining us today. How are you, Gabby? Hi, very fine. How are you? Very good, very good. So today we are going to have a very interesting conversation, content creation versus content distribution. A fantastic topic. I think there's many, many things here to say. And um, I think this is really important because I feel that most of the time uh, we struggle to strike a good balance between what we produce and making sure that the right people consume it. Right. So um, I think that's, that's something relevant. I don't know, Gabby, if you have um, a comment on that. Yes. We were, we were talking about this and I think that is, like you said, something that is really important for, for us marketers, because it is the core is the main core of, of what we do, at least of what I do. Actually, the content is really important on my daily basis. And it's something that sometimes I guess it's not taken, you know, like for sometimes it's taken for granted. Like you think that doing content or creating content, uh, it's something that you can do on, on your daily basis without taking care of some important or bullet points that we are going to discuss today. And I think it's really important to know the difference between these two and how to incorporate them into your marketing strategy or through your marketing strategy to make it you know, like a, make it in a better way to, to deliver to your audience, which is the main point about what we're going to talk about today. Yes, that's right. And, um, and I think we should start, right. The, the first conversation will be about why content creation overall matters. And this is a conversation. If you remember that we have, uh, constantly with prospects and clients, um, that demand generation programs in general are making an assumption and the assumption is that there's a couple of pillars on the, on the program. And those pillars are the content creation portion and the distribution. And so it's very easy for the man generation programs to focus on the distribution channels and forget about the content itself. So for example, when people think about typical channels that demand generation cater to like a pay search and pay social, and uh, even things or activities that are like a conversion, um, website optimization, obviously on your digital assets, you are making the assumption that you already have some content, right? And so, um, it is, it is important to mention that because if you have a great distribution channel or strategy, but you really have the content to support it, there, there's a very limited, limited things that you can say beyond buy from me, right? So that's why content is important. The other thing that I think is very important to settle is that this is not really new, right? Uh, we sometimes we get confused that we think that content has to be created on a written format only or digitally, but that's not the case. Truly, companies have been doing content marketing even when they haven't called it that way for you know decades mm -hmm. already. I think I was using the example; it's pretty popular uh, or known that Michelin, the tire company, had this book. So people can wander around and, you know, like find restaurants or places to uh, enjoy, even when they're worth a tire or they are a tire company. So you will think that it has nothing to do, but the reason is that you want to create obviously content that describes the company, what you do, 
who do you target or who do you um, work with, but also you want to address the issues and problems that someone might be experiencing before they think about your solution, right? And that's the core of it. You create content because there is people that is beyond the fact that they might be looking for your solution. And if you don't create that content beforehand, then your distribution is going to be very limited. Yes. And you actually talk about it. I remember it was about the book of this, this company that made uh, tires, right? And yes. you, you talk about it. It was really, really interesting. And I guess that that make one of the points or the main points about content creation or, or, or creating content for a brand, which is uh, obviously make your brand known or your product known, right? And even, even though build trust in, in your brand because of that, because you, you make yourself an expert or you or you make yourself the first one talking about this, right? Like the way that taking that example, the way that they hold people through, through their book, searching for, for those places that, you know, like they were the experts, they were the ones talking about where are the best places you can go. And that even kind of, uh, promote, you know, like the vision of the company or the way that they work, which is excellence, right? Like the, like rating the places that they are obviously telling the audience to go. And, um, and I think that is a really good way to make your brand or your product known through, through that content or through that experiences, you can make people aware of, of your brand. And I think, you know, like it's, it's the main thing about creating content, which is known your, make people known or make, make people know about your company or your brand through that content. And especially if it's a quality type of content. Yeah. Now you are touching something that is really important, right? Before diving into distribution, let's talk about what makes content attractive and high quality. And one of the important things is that you want both, but they are not the same. Um, you can make very attractive content that is not necessarily high quality and vice versa, right? So um, that's something that is important to distinguish. Most marketers and especially people that are working with marketers sometimes focus a lot on the attractiveness of the content, right? That is, brings attention, especially for new channels, new formats. It's easy to think that what you have to do is just to make it attractive enough that people interact or engage with them. And then your job, your job is done. And that's not true. You, at the end of the day, you need to address, as you were saying, the, the pain points the, the things that, um, that person, uh, is really looking to solve. And obviously if you can do that in an attractive way, then even better, but truly content, high quality content works on a reading format, uh, audio format, video, it can be a short, it can be a long, um, uh, version of it. As long as you are addressing the problems that your potential buyers are having, right? So, um. Part of what it makes it, what makes content high quality is that ideally comes from people that experience the same pain points that your, um, potential buyer is experiencing. So there are some situations where marketers struggle to say, well, I, I, I don't know the problems of my potential buyers that well of, um, is I'm not the target market. And that's when you want to bring in your subject matter experts within the company, right? 
if you are selling a, an accounting product or financial product and you're a marketer and you have not good grasp of financial problems that, for example, a CFO might be solving right now, then someone within the company, ideally, right, will have that knowledge. Maybe the technical people that help to uh, work with those CFO, uh, CFOs, and those are the ones that ideally should be creating that content. Now, that represents a challenge because subject matter experts or SMEs, sometimes they don't have the time or they, are, they don't have the interest or even they don't, are not willing to participate on some of the formats that you can create the content for, right? Maybe they, are, they don't want to show up on videos. Maybe they don't want to be part even of a podcast. And so, or uh, they struggle to write or they don't have the time. So one of the recommendations here to really create, create high quality content is to extract, or I don't know if the word extract is the best one, but to elicit that content from, this, from the SME in the format or the way that they feel more comfortable, and then transform it into something that you can create and make more attractive and you know, appropriate to the, to the distribution channel that you're gonna use. For example, you might say, well, um, my SME is not comfortable on an interview or something like that. Well, put it on the stage. Maybe they feel comfortable doing webinars. Maybe they feel comfortable just having one-on-one -on -one conversations or even in small lunches or groups. If you record those interactions with them talking to customers and talking to prospects, they won't even notice. And then you can transform that into something more appropriate. If the, you know, the video setting is not that great, you can just use the audio. And if the audio is not that great, then you can just extract the information and create content pieces in the form of text or images, and you go from there, right? So I think um, in this particular section, really, really important to remember that yes, you wanna create attractive content. Yes, you want to use the latest formats, but don't forget that at the end of the day, quality will trump over attractiveness because if not, someone will click on that ad, someone will engage because they will be drawn to it because it's different, but they will not take anything from it and they will forget about the brand, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important to know which, with, which way you can actually create content and be comfortable about it because like, I think we, we talk about this too, like the way that we consume content might, might not be the way that we actually feel more comfortable doing, right? Like creating that content. And I think that that is really important because how am I going to, you know, like be aware of anything that I want to learn and make other people know that too? Like what's the way or which is the way to, to make your audience know uh, know that the part of, of content or information that you want to share with them. And, and this is a, a point that I think is really important too, because sometimes in the way that we create content, we forgot or, or we forget that mainly we need to know the audience, right? And to, to know the audience, you, you obviously have to mix it, you know, like a way to uh, know that client or that, that persona or that buyer persona, if you want to call it that way. And that's the main point, right? Like knowing your audience, in, knowing your audience will make everything easy because you know what you have to create on, obviously this is a, a topic that we're going to discuss later, but the channels that you're going to distribute that, that content and starting from that, I think that 
even if you have quality type of content or attractive type of content, which are different, this is the main point that we're gonna focus on, you know, like the first step, which is knowing your audience. And I think it's really important to know what are the ways that they consume that content and what are the ways that we can actually deliver that quality or that excellent content to them and make our brand obviously better than the other ones that are out there, right? Which is the, the main point too. Yeah, you touched on something important, which is um, really have conversations with your prospects, buyers to understand the three stage, those three stages that everybody knows about, which are awareness, consideration, and decision, right? What's happening, what's going on through their minds at each of those stages. And one, another important thing probably is that if you, if you start thinking about creating content, probably you will struggle with how can I do it better? Right. And the, the, the recommendation number one that I have is obviously just start, right? You want to have a, a plan for sure, but don't dabble a lot into the plan without execution. Execution is crucial. And the best way to improve your skills is through repeating the task as consistently as possible. So here, probably the best way to say, well, the way to improve your content creation skills is that you pick a format that you feel is the one that is in line with your audience as much as possible and that your subject matter experts or yourself feel comfortable also managing and test it for a little while consistently, right? Usually the idea is that you have a, what is called a long form content type. Uh, that then you can use for future distribution. That can be, for example, a piece of reading content long enough to eventually make shorter pieces like a blog post, which is very traditional now in the digital world, right? Uh, it looks like it's been ages before someone has been, uh, you know, recommending creating a blog. It still works for some niches, but, um, but it's obviously a very crowded and saturated way. You can also uh, work out on audio through a podcast that you do consistently. Ideally, something that you weekly or bi-weekly, if not, well, start monthly and then step up. Um, and obviously, video is the kind of newest and also the one that is getting the most traction. Um, but again, um, it's really important that you understand if your audience is truly consuming the, the content that you create in that type of format. Because you will find that different audiences will consume different types of content on different types of formats, right? Like I was... Um, I was telling you, Gavi, that um, I usually, you know, create video content because that's something that's easier for me to create. But uh, I myself usually read uh, a lot more than I watch videos. Um, shorts are changing that. Reels in general are changing that. I'm more and more consuming video nowadays. Nowadays, but it have taken a while. Um, and this is still not a format that I consume a lot of different types of content. So really be mindful of that portion. Once you have that long format, then you can start improving upon it, right? Get some feedback and based on that cadence, then you decide if you want to continue with that and increase frequency or you launch a different effort to support it and have another uh, format that you can extract content from or pause it all together and focus on something, something else, right? If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you say something really important too, which is we have to start, right? Creating content and execute, do it. Not just everything that, that you can do, just keeps in mind all the ideas, all the good stuff, 
and never deliver it to no one, right? Because it just yeah. stays there. So starting is a really, really good way. And obviously the next step will be just be constant, right? Like you can start then starting doing things, but be constant on, on, on that content or whatever you are creating and, and you are delivering to people because that will make you, you, you know, like a, something that you do regularly or something that you do without even think about it, you know, because it, it will make like a discipline to it. And it, in the, in that, that's key too, because cons consistency, just not for yourself, but for your audience will create that security that, you know, like they are, they will engage with you because they know they can actually get something even, I don't know, like a day in, in the week and they will know that you are delivering something important or with value to them. Uh, something that I guess sometimes we as, as marketers and content creators forgot, and I think I, I talk about this too, is that we don't, we don't check before posting sometimes. Like we, we think that, you know, like I already did this. I'm not gonna take this to the other level, which is. I don't know, tell my, one, one of my colleagues to check this post for me, know that if there's something I can change, something I can improve, and, and that will actually help to make you know, yourself aware of some other points of view, other things that are, are in the field right now, because sometimes we're not aware, you know, like of, of things that, that are being trending topics or trending in the, in the media. Which is another point that is important, knowing that, that there's things that we can hold on to that are going uh, on right now on media, and we can actually take advantage of that and leverage that content that we are creating. And I think that's another strategy that we can actually use to create content, high quality, even though attractive co content too, for everyone that sees Paying attention to trends for sure. Yes. Right. Um, that's where you have the greenest pastures because you will have the lowest volume, right? Older topics have been discussed by a lot of people and newer ones, then probably there's less people and there's more eagerness to listen to someone if that's relevant to your audience, right? That's the one thing. I remember back in the day that, um, you know, a lot of companies, for example, on, on the blogging days will talk about technology. In general, mm -hmm. like, you know, the newest iPhone or smartphone, even if they have nothing to do with technology. And sometimes that happens to nowadays, right? Someone will, will sprinkle some crypto. Well, nowadays everybody's sprinkling some AI into their conversations just because, you know, it's, it's very, a very, you know, important topic right now happening. So it is true that helps, but again, don't, don't forgo quality because just to want to make something that is catchy or attractive for sure. Now, I think now we can safely move into why content distribution matters. And again, the, the, the best thing that I can say here is that we don't want to focus too heavily on content creation and forget that at the end of the day, people uh, need to have a easily or available or reliable way of consuming it, right? That this is where distribution gets into the way. And time and time again, I have seen that companies mostly create a lot of great content, but they fail at delivering or distributing in the appropriate channels. Here you have two, obviously two big places where you can do this, or there's a third one that is a little bit out of control, but, um, uh, the first one is you distribute on the platforms that you have organically, right? Um, 
And for example, here is you put it on your website in different formats, you put it on social media. You, once you put it on your website, it will index on search engines, right? And so mm -hmm. uh, that's something important, right? SEO, as we know it, is truly a distribution channel. It's just that we are catering to a search engine that will make some choices that are out of control. Um, but at the end of the day, when we take that content and instead of creating a PDF and sending it by email, we post it on our website, we are truly catering to the SEO distribution channel for that content to be found. Obviously, we can also be more proactive than just waiting passively for that content to be indexed. And we go to social media and we share on the digital assets that we own on multiple platforms like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. And here's where you have to make those choices. And, and that's why it matters because it will depend on the people that follow your, your pages or you personally, if you're doing that. But the other, the other place where you can start distribution is obviously paid channels, right? Like pay social, pay search. The biggest difference is that obviously you pay to the medium on top of the effort of someone actually, uh, you know, formatting the content for the right distribution channel. But the benefit usually is that you can truly select the target, right? For whatever format the, the medium has. Mm -hmm. So if it's search engines, then you can select keywords. If it's based social, then you can select, you know, demographics, firmographics, behavior, uh, whatever ma makes sense for you. So the trade-off between organic and paid or own and paid is that uh, in one, you have it free, but you depend on the algorithm to make the choices for you. And the reach will be limited to the number of people that is searching that piece of content in your locations or the number of people that is following your pages. And on pay, you have to pay. You are renting that audience, but you can control the reach. And they usually scale linearly versus uh, organic where you scale exponentially, but it takes a long time. A third possibility that is least in your control and is more traditional for distribution channels of the past is like the kind of PR or earn, right? Once people find that content, if that's the part where the attractiveness will make them look, but the quality will make them say, this is fantastic, let me share it. And you get that extra expo exposure from the community, from other networks, from other individuals that will give you extra reach. And also, it, you know, it has great impact because someone else is saying this is a content worth consuming, right? So that earned piece of your media, which is the hardest, that and it goes into the creation process itself, that's another source. So really pay attention to the channels that you want to use. And here, the, the usual question that we get is, well, what are the channels that I need to use, right? And it's very similar to the content creation process. Start with one based on, on knowledge that you have about your customer base, right? This is the part where you go, well, where do you get the news from or this topic, right? Do you read? Do you listen? Do you watch? Do you do it digitally or, you know, in more traditional mediums? And if you do so, what are the platforms and networks and the formats that you enjoy the most? And you will have multiple choices, but you will discover there are some parts of big segments of your audience that prefer some networks rather than others. And so that's the way you make that choice. And rarely you will have one network, 
right? Probably will be multiple platforms. So again, prioritizing and segment and doing some segmentation here, start with the most popular or the ones that will be more relevant and test it, right? And really commit for a little while. We're talking about weeks, ideally months. And only after you have tested this for months and you are, you know, like following some leading indicators or metrics to know if people is engaging with that content, then you make a choice and say, well, if I'm doing paid, then I want to scale the paid channel. And if I'm doing organic and I have people posting on a certain frequency and they're really engaging, then I scale the posting and scale, you know, participating in multiple groups and similar things. So if that's the case, you double down on the things that are working. And if they are not working, then you can explore an additional one, pause or postpone that one and keep trying until you find your format that will be, you know, like the distribution channel that really works for you. Yeah. I think that sometimes we forget, you know, like how, how can we expose that content that we have? Like you said, what are the main distribution, distribution channels or what are the ways that we can actually get to people to engage with us as company, as an entrepreneur, uh, whatever you're trying or your objectives are. And I will try to level those, those ways in my head, like the way that I think that it works sometimes, or the way that I can see it uh, working through social media, working through ba basically right on LinkedIn, I will say, I will, I will try to make an example. And you'll see it all the time. Sometimes we think that even though, uh, the channels that you paid or the channels that you pay for are the ones that will get the most impact or the bigger impact, right? For your content. But you see it all the time, or I see it all the time on LinkedIn that the experts, the main companies that have all the experience in the world that have been years and years in the market. You, and you see all these people reposting uh, on Twitter or retweeting or sharing on their personal profiles, their opinion about something that they said. And you see that the, that type of content has, has a lot of exposure and you see it and it's just one post. I mean, it's just, just something, just a comment, even though that company just share a thought about something else and people sharing that thought is something that will get you to, um, you know, like making yourself that expert or making yourself that point of, of reference in the field that I think that sometimes we forgot that they started these other way, like they started doing this at first, uh, the channels at their own and the way they have to position themselves in the market as that expert, as a what point of reference. I think that we, we sometimes uh, forgot that, that oh, oh, you see, yeah, this company is really successful. This company is really a point of reference on technology, on business, on whatever you, you think that, that there's right now. And that's the way that they started. And it, it is kind of funny sometimes how we obviously do that too. Like we, we make that exposure or we make that, uh, through, through content or through sharing posts all the time. And we don't even think that there is the way I think it's caught the, the name for it is if I, if I can remember right now. Uh, curating type of content, which is when you, yeah. when you, uh huh, when you share that post and obviously it's kind of a straight, it is a, it's part of social media strategies. So yeah. 
it, it is part of it. It is part of the way that you create that content or even though you distribute that content and make that uh, aware of your information or the things that you want to know or let people know about. And, you know, um, I want to, I want us to finish with the concept of you're talking about, you, you see those companies that are doing very well, those individuals that are doing very well, have a great exposure, you know, they post something and everybody reposts it. And as you said, it just work behind it. And there's also focus, mm -hmm. right? So, um, it is true that there are companies, large companies, they have large teams where, you know, they, and, and they have large budgets where they are maintaining at the same time multiple content creation channels or strategies and multiple distribution channels with success, right? It's not that common, but it happens. And obviously happens if you have the budget, especially if you have been doing this for a long time. Most of the time, however, what you will see is that there has been a series of content efforts that compound one after another, right? So maybe a company invested heavily at the, in blogging at the beginning and then matures the channel and then launches a new effort on podcasting, matures the channel and then launch a new effort in video. And you just get into the website or you get to see the company and you look at everything that it has been built already and think that they work on all of them at the same time, when in reality, they started one initiative and then mature it and then launch the next one. And the same happens with the distribution channels. You will see impact across multiple platforms and multiple social media channels, both paid and organic. And you will wonder, well, how will I be able to set up that with, you know, a small team or just me doing the job or working maybe with an agency when I don't have the, you know, the budget and it's just, you don't, you, you shouldn't start trying to create content in multiple formats at the same time and also trying to distribute in multiple places. But you need to balance though anyway, that, you know, uh, efforts between content creation and distribution. And that will be, you know, I kind of like gave it up across the conversation, but the way that you balance those efforts is that pick at least one content source, long format, and it doesn't have to be always video, but it ideally caters to your audience. That's the one key thing, right? So it can be blogging, it can be podcasting, it can be video. It can be a combination of what you use on those, but stick to it, right? It can be webinars, it can be something in the real world like events or uh, lunches or, you know, uh, seminars or something like that. And on the distribution channels, it's the same. You can organic or a pay one, depending on the budget that you have, but start at least one, right? So you have that right balance and then test out. Um, and as you scale one or the other, then you can start adding more things. Um, but the other thing that I can tell for sure is that if I had at least one content channel and one distribution channel, and I'm having success on both, and I want to increase the impact. I'd rather focus on a second distribution channel rather than a second source of content, right? Okay. Because again, it is, um, it's not that you have to do 50-50. I'd rather have a piece of content that is distributed on multiple platforms two, three, four times, right? And I bring consistency on the marketplace across channels that, that speeding up the content creation and leaving the distribution the same uh, mm -hmm. or just at the same level. So yes, at the beginning, you want to have one of each of them, but once you have success, I'd rather improve distribution and add more distribution cha channels than just creating additional sources of content. 
right? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I guess that is setting clear goals at the beginning, right? Like making everything as, as clear as water, right? Like you have to make that creation, distribution, tactics, and what do you have, what do you want to achieve? Those goals that you want to achieve and that, that will make everything like keep, keep on going, right? Something that I, I want to mention about this too is, is that on how to balance everything, right? And I think we talk about this too. Uh, is that at least for me on a daily basis, it's uh, developing a content calendar and this will help you to balance everything that you do or your efforts, the efforts that you do to, like you said, not only have that idea, but executing that idea, right. And, and making it in control, controlling everything that you do and that content that you have in advantage, in advantage. So, so you can actually be aware or have visibility on, on what your efforts are, are doing and what are the ways that you can actually leverage that content and help your company to grow. And yeah, that's something that key point that I, I wanted to mention yes. and something and oh, okay. <laughs> and something else that, that I want to mention too, is that we obviously know that content creation and, and, and distribution channels are matter, but I guess that we talk about this too. The way that we analyze that content and the way that we share that content help us to, to know that what are the results, right? And those results, how, how are they are going to help us, even though improve that, even that content or that distribution channels that we're sharing through the media and identify the points that we need to change or improve too, so we can actually make better, better content or know better ways to deliver that content and, and obviously get results over time. It's, it's going to take time, but we will have the, the opportunity to adjust those things in, in real time and, and know what are the best ways to do, to do it. Yes, definitely. You want to lead with the metrics, right? And we, we usually say, do you have those outcomes as goals, right? The revenue goals, number of opportunities created deals or leads that you want to create. But in, while you do that, it will take time for the strategy to pan out into opportunities. You want those leading indicators that will change depending on the content format and the distribution channel, right? If you're social media, then you are more about followers and engagement and shares and comments. And if you are more about, um, search engines, then will be more about, you know, positions and impressions and clicks and all that. And obviously the website, then time on the, on the website, time on page, number of sessions. So any metric that can give you an idea of is people consuming the content, mm -hmm. that's what you want to get a good gauge on. And if they are consuming it, is there any piece that is particularly interesting? So you can do more of those and less of the ones that are not that interest. Now. You always want to keep exploring, right? Because you never know what is the next piece that will have, if not a viral effect, at least something that is truly impactful. So you don't want to, you don't want to focus just doing the, the things that always work because then you lose the opportunity of discovering something that works even better. But obviously you want to balance trying out stuff versus the things that, you know, prospects are really willing to listen because it's a constant pain point. We were having this, um. We are, we also take the Hobson user group, uh, for Greenville for, for the city. 
And I was amazed that our last topic, right, had a yeah. lot of engagement because it's a very common topic is lead management is pretty popular. And it's like a lot of people have talked about it. So sometimes I'm like, well, sales alignment and marketing, this is a topic that, you know, it's discussed pretty, pretty heavily. Lead management, contact management, account management is very heavily discussed. But it is still very relevant because there's always new marketers or marketers that are confronted with that situation for the first time that will want to know about it. So you want to strike a good balance between the two, between the things that you know work and the things that might be, you know, like, again, AI, some advanced topics on, on a, a platform or problems that are very specific to an industry, you might discover a niche that is worth exploring. So I, I think that for that, Gabby, we have covered all. I just want to say, right, don't miss the next one, right? So if you are, you know, interested on, on continuing to learn more about demand generation, demand gen studio, that's our series of live events. There are, you know, episodes that we have recorded over the last two years. We will continue to record more on a biweekly basis. And yeah, if you have a topic, just reach out uh, through email on our website or just on the social media platforms where we show up for this event. And Gavi or me will be happy to include that as a topic. Or you as a, as a guest too. So feel free yeah. to contact us, obviously, to join us for another event. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure, Gavi. Thank you. And uh, until the next episode. Until next episode. Hi, everyone. And goodbye. Have a nice week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.